This special edition podcast is brought to you by the Pro Bono Institute. PBI is a nonprofit organization that supports, enhances, and helps to transform the pro bono efforts of major law firms, in-house corporate legal departments, and public interest organizations in the U.S. and around the world. Welcome to PBI's podcast, The Challenge of COVID-19, Legal Community in Action. Episode 4. I'm your host, Nihad Mansour, PBI's Assistant Director of the Law Firm Pro Bono Project. In today's podcast, PBI interviews Judge Jonathan Lippman of counsel at Latham & Watkins in New York City and a former Chief Judge of the New York State Court of Appeals. Judge Littman is also the chair of New York's COVID-19 Pro Bono Network, a task force created by the New York State Bar Association in partnership with the state court system to bring the legal profession's pro bono efforts together to help New Yorkers suffering from the COVID-19 pandemic. Sharing more about the establishment and mission of the task force, here's Judge Littman. The COVID-19 Pro Bono uh, uh, Network created by Uh, Chief Judge Yannity Fiore in New York and Hank Greenberg, the president of the state bar, to meet the unprecedented challenges posed by COVID-19 to the poor, the underserved, and uh, uh, people who have been so dramatically impacted by the virus, and particularly as it relates to their need for legal services. I was asked to head this effort and to chair a task force, which is uh, the umbrella for this, this network, the pro bono network. And what we're trying to do is bring the different uh, parts of the legal profession together to channel the spirit of volunteerism that definitely exists today, as it always does with the legal profession in times of crisis, but to channel that volunteerism to serve the needs of the people of our state and to make to match the great talents that we have in the legal profession in New York with the needs and to make sure that people get the assistance that they require. And, um, and the, the task force was particularly established in the whole uh, network because we anticipate a great surge of legal cases as the courts get up and running again, that we think the demand will be overwhelming. And we want to be prepared, and that's what we're doing right now, to make sure that we're prepared. And, and remember that New York is in so many ways has been the epicenter of this here in the United States. It's usually in the middle of everything. And it's, in this particular case, uh, uh, we didn't look to be in the middle of it, but uh, we are. And the, the impact has been devastating, you know, to the state. So many lost lives and, um, and, and, and so many people just uh, um, totally, uh, uh, their lives fractured by, by the virus and, and to their families, to their uh, jobs, to their businesses, to their way of life. I asked Judge Littman, what have emerged as the biggest challenges? and how best to identify those who need support. What we anticipate is that, you know, right now it's uneven around the state, that if you talk to providers, legal service providers particularly, some of them are overwhelmed already, 
and some of them, depending on the part of the state or the particular discipline or service that they specialize in, are feeling the overwhelming volume yet, and others are totally uh, um, bowled over and need immediate help. What we do think is clear that there will be, as the courts uh, ramp up, there'll be more and more cases, some of them unprecedented in terms of, you know, we always say that it's, it's housing, it's uh, consumer credit, it's insurance, it's domestic violence, it's, you know, some of the, the things that you might anticipate, but this uh, virus is so uh, impactful in terms of the health and, uh, and employment of, of people around the state that, that there are going to be all kinds of unique and unusual uh, disciplines that we're going to have to tap to be able to help people. And how do we know who needs help? I think it's, it's by doing what we've tried to do, which is to reach out to all of the legal service providers, get a daily understanding of what's going on out there, and at the same time, uh, reaching out to all of the different pro bono constituencies in the state and how they're doing and what their uh, uh, demands on them are each day. So we're trying to keep our ear to the ground, trying to, again, understand not only who needs help, but where they're located, what the discipline is, and again, match uh, resources to that need. So it's not enough to just say, gee, we know people are uh, traumatized and need help, but we have to understand what's the nature of that help, uh, uh, where is it, how can we deliver assistance, especially in this time where so much of what we all do is virtual and of a remote nature, and we pride ourselves in the legal community of seeing our clients, particularly in the pro bono area, and helping them and understanding them and reassuring them. It's harder to do that remotely, but that's, that's the challenge. So we have our, our antennas out as to where the need is and where the help is going to come from. New York is no stranger to crisis. From the attacks on 9-11 to Hurricane Sandy, the city has continually risen to the challenge of repairing and rebuilding. Judge Lippman discusses how the COVID-19 pandemic presents unique challenges, even to a city with such a resilient spirit. Well, you know, as the, uh, the chief judge and the chief administrative judge here in New York before that, we've gone through so many uh, issues relating to the most vulnerable in our society and, and crises in terms of legal services. And for instance, you go back to 9-11, which was the, the ultimate event here in New York, where we had uh, lawyers around the blocks of the bar associations waiting in line to be helpful. And uh, the challenge was to have them channeled to where the, the help was needed. But in that crisis, you know, with a more defined period period of time, it was a more defined part of the state. And everyone rallied and everyone from all over the state and the country for that matter. But it was more identifiable. You could see it. You could touch it. You understood what was happening, you know. And, and I'd say the same thing with, 
when we hit Superstorm uh, Sandy in New York, and people were suffering from the natural disaster, but it was a quantifiable kind of period of time, and we knew where the need was. And even the financial crisis, you know, in six, seven, eight, nine, where people are suffering and needed legal services, we could identify better what exactly the need was and who was suffering. Here, the the impact of the virus is so per, uh, pervasive across all the lines of income, race, geography, you name it. Across the board, the state has been walloped like never before. And it's, it's that breadth and, and scope of, of the, um, the hit here in New York that makes this different. And I also think that, again, the, the kinds of disciplines that we're going to see that where, where human beings need legal assistance are going to be greater and broader than ever before because this is uh, the effect of the virus creeps into every aspect of a human being's uh, life. And I mean, look at just in the first couple of weeks of this, the, uh, the unemployment insurance issue, which all of a sudden we had to put together, you know, a whole program in New York State to help people with that, you know, on almost no notice. And we've already had eight, 900 volunteers and helping people on a website to, to match up the need with the expertise. So this virus, and this is before the surge and before uh, um, the courts ramp up again. And this is while the, while, while the governor in our state has a 90-day uh, um, stay on evictions uh, here in the city. And um, I, in the state, I should say, things are sort of held in a stable position for a short period of time. So this is very different. And it's, it's harder to get your arms around it. It's harder to say, all right, we need to do this or that for X period of time in this particular place. It is rather pervasive and all-inclusive and affects every single human being in, in New York and the city and state. And that's what makes it just unique. With the coronavirus permeating nearly every aspect of day-to-day life, Judge Lippman stressed the importance of collaboration and how the task force is working with community partners to meet the increasing demand for legal services. Well, we've tried to put on the task force people from all the different constituencies in the, in the legal profession, you know, whether it be the big firms, the small practitioners, the city the folks, the upstate people, we've tried to get uh, legal service providers, uh, academics, you know, all of it and and bring them together and cross-pollinate all of these different constituencies. Because the only way we're going to do this is literally, I underline the word, when we've created this pro bono network, I underline network, that we're networking within our different constituencies. And each one has different needs and ways of the, which they go about their business. And, and we're trying to cross over those lines within our different communities to make sure that whether it's the corporate lawyer or the big firm lawyer or the small practitioner or the person who works for the legal service provider 
or the law school clinic that we cross those lines. And by doing that, by speaking to each other, we hopefully can create a seamless network of all the different parts of the legal profession by coordinating it, by, by centralizing information so it's easy to get to, easy to find, not overwhelming. All of those things go into uh, a coordinating this uh, effort among the different uh, legal constituencies. As I think that the old cliche is, is true that, you know, together we're stronger than the individual parts. And I think that that is clearly the case in this instance, that you can have uh, people trying to be helpful, but operating across purposes. And, and there's so much need, uh, we need to channel that need. And look, this is not easy. You know, we talk about in this uh, area, those of us who are active in the area of access to justice and legal services, you know, we talk about civil Gideon and, you know, that everyone who has need and can't afford an attorney should get representation or assistance. But, you know, if this is e was easy, we would have done it all already. If, 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 if this could be done by snapping our fingers, every person in need in this country of legal assistance would have a lawyer. So it's not easy. This isn't like the criminal side where the seminal case of Gideon versus Wainwright guides us. And even if the funding for legal representation in criminal matters is uneven, at least there's a constitutional flaw that says if you're going to go to jail, if your liberty is at stake, you get a lawyer. Well, there's no such thing in civil matters. And that's what makes this a challenge so difficult. You know, we've been working at this a long time. And we're still not meeting anywhere uh, near the need. I mean, legal service entities turn away more people than they can help. So this is the ultimate civil Gideon uh, challenge because every person uh, who's been hurt by this pandemic needs legal help. And so many of the problems translate to legal help, even when the victim doesn't understand it's a legal problem, we have to get to them too. One of the most common practical issues pro bono lawyers face is how best to assist and represent clients remotely. I asked Judge Lippman for his thoughts on this novel challenge. If all of this was the case and you could meet with your clients, well, life would be a lot simpler. There's no easy answer to that, but clearly, what we understand is that putting people at ease, making them comfortable, eliminating their stress is, is critical. And we can only do that, you know, certainly in large regards uh, remotely. And there's no, there's no easy way to, to describe how you do it. But what's clear is that understanding what the need is and then getting someone who has the expertise, either because it's what they do or they've been trained in that area, to talk to that client or even to be emailing with that client, giving that kind of reassuring demeanor that, that, that we're going to get out of this and we're going to get out of it because we're in this together and we're here to help you. And this isn't going to cost you anything. 
and we're doing it because we all we all suffer when one of us suffers. I think conveying that message in a time of of remote legal uh, assistance and representation is critical. You just cannot get on like you're calling, you know, some service and saying, gee, what you should do? And the, the person answers and say, oh, you need legal help? I'm really not sure what you should do. Let me see if there's someone we could call. Maybe we'll try and get the Legal Aid Society to help you. It's got to be where we're organized, we're focused, where we understand what assistance is needed. And again, we're getting the right legal talent, the right people to be in touch uh, uh, with the, the human being who's in crisis and in need. And I think if we keep that basic focus, we can make this work as difficult as it is, again, remotely. But, you know, I think that, that this is the way of the world. Look, technology is so important today. So this is teaching us a lot of lessons, Nia, yeah, that, that, that for the future, it teaches us how to do our business in a way that's not, we're not straightjacketed by tradition or we're doing it this way because we always do it, do it this way. It forces us to think out of the box. The pandemic has not only presented challenges in meeting the immediate needs of those affected, but also has forced lawyers to consider the future of the legal profession. In the age of social distancing, how can we progress the profession in a way that assures we meet client needs as effectively as if we were face-to-face? Judge Lippman offered his thoughts. I, I think in many ways, this reveals to us the future of the legal profession. It's not that we're ever going to give up arguing in court and, you know, having that, that the heart of our system, which is uh, lawyers appearing before judges on behalf of litigants. Of course, that's at the core of what we do. But the future of the profession is going to be more high tech. We know that the efficiency of the courts is tied up with doing more things technologically rather than having long lines at clerk's offices. And it's the same thing with channeling assistance to those most in need. You know, we, we obviously, we want to, to give that human touch, but it can be done virtually, it can be done remotely. And, and learning this will help us in the future to, to make the, the profession more nimble. And in many ways, uh, adapting uh, uh, the profession to the needs of, of others. And remember, this is, this is what lawyers do. This is why we do pro bono work, because lawyers help people. They serve others. This is what it means to be a lawyer. You know, uh, this, this is what equal justice is about. Everybody gets their day in court, whether they can afford to hire a lawyer or not. Justice is not about the amount of money in your pocket. And this is what we do as lawyers. And as lawyers, we have to learn to do it, to deliver justice in different ways and through different mediums and through different channels. This is what we do. And this is the modern world that we live in. And this horrible disease, this virus, this pandemic is another example of being prepared, thinking out of the box, 
being adaptable and having a modern uh, profession that, that adapts to the need and doesn't just go about our business the way we've always done it for one way or uh, one reason or another. Lawyers, judges are the profession are all tradition bound institutions and that's fine and good. But we also have to be adaptable and modern and technologically sound and willing to go that extra mile to do what, what is our most important function, which is to help people, to serve people. This is who we are as long as, as, as there have been lawyers and judges going back to biblical times. This is what we do. The Old Testament talks about, about justice, justice shall you pursue for rich and poor, high and low alike. This is what we do as lawyers. And this is what this crisis is all about, react, reacting to this crisis as a profession, together, unified, uh, understanding the tremendous need and, and what our uh, unique education and experience allows us to do to help people, to help people in the worst time of their lives. Since March, states have made decisions on how they're handling court, incorporating telephonic or video proceedings and limiting the flow of people entering the courthouses in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. As the former chief judge of the New York State Court of Appeals, I was curious to hear what Judge Lippman thought about the use of this technology and how it will impact the court system moving forward. Well, you know, I, I think that there's no doubt this is going to be a quantum leap into a modern, transparent, forward-looking justice system and court system that sees what the ultimate goal of all of this is. This isn't about uh, cases in, cases out. And gee, we, we, we had an increase in filings, but we disposed of so many cases. This is about justice. This is about making justice real to the average person, that they can taste it, that they can feel it, that make it concrete. That's what the modern new court system will be after all of this is over. After we get back, after there are vaccines and people can meet again in large numbers and do all the things that we love to do. But what hasn't changed, and it hasn't changed from ancient times, is that this is about justice and the world changes and the profession and the judiciary and the courts change with it. We deliver justice. This is what we do. And, and we help people. And there are so many, which, which, so many different ways in which you can do that, especially when you're dealing with, and the things coming out of the, this uh, pandemic are the very basics of life. The roof over your head, you know, the well-being of your, your families, your, your livelihood, your physical safety. All of these are things that have to be addressed by the profession and by the, the justice system and by the courts. This is what we do. This is what makes America the envy of the world, a justice system that gets it, that understands that these are human beings who are involved and that any way that it needs to be done, the justice system is going to be there to ensure, again, that everybody gets their day in court, 
doesn't matter the color of your skin or the amount of money in your pocket. So, of course, we're going to change to deliver that uh, mission, that constitutional and moral mission of the courts and the profession. We need to change, and that's what we're doing. And this will be a great test for us because it's doing it under the most difficult and challenging circumstances. There will be a tsunami of cases once the courts fully reopen and moratoria are lifted. So what can legal aid and pro bono service providers do now to prepare? Number one is to be organized, to talk to each other, to know, you know, who's going to do what or who can cover a particular area or a particular a kind of case, uh, get our, our, our talents focused in the different areas of our expertise, those are the things we have to do uh, to get ready and to talk to each other and to understand that we can't just predict what's going to happen next week, next month, even next year. And that's what we're doing to prepare. That's why we formed in New York this a particular undertaking, this network. Networking, again, meaning seamlessly planning together to, as to how we're going to meet the needs. So, you know, we learned from things like 9-11 that you have to plan in advance. You have to have protocols. You have to have best practices. You have to have ways of communicating. You have to have everybody have a seat at the table. That's the way we prepare. And, you know, whenever we think that we've got it down pat, that we've done all this master planning or whatever it is, Something new uh, hits and challenges us. And as, as it should be, the profession rises to the occasion and, again, finds different ways to fulfill its fundamental purpose, to help people, to serve others, to give people justice, to give people their day in court. It's easy to be swept up in all the challenges facing us as pro bono lawyers today. From fundamental questions like how to provide effective counsel in a virtual world to troubleshooting issues with technology, there is no shortage of problems to solve. Judge Lippman reminds us that despite all these unique challenges, our profession remains rooted in service. Reframing the conversation to highlight this mission, that of ensuring justice for all, may allow us to see past the immediate challenges facing us and look toward building a better future for the legal profession. I think, you know, this is why we've talked about all these years, that if we're ever going to get to a civil Gideon where everyone gets the assistance that we need, we need people to be thinking out of the box and to be do, being creative and have new ideas and new ways of approaching this idea, this idea of access to justice. And that's what happened, if you think about it, that's what happened on the criminal side with Gideon. 20 years before Gideon versus Wainwright, there was a case in the U.S. Supreme Court called Betts versus Brady, where the U.S. Supreme Court said, even when your liberty is at stake, you have no, no right to a lawyer. What happened in the 20 years between Betts uh, um, and Gideon? What happened is there were a thousand flowers blooming around the country of different new ways of providing legal representation in criminal matters. 
And so by the time he got to Gideon, there were 25 attorney generals in different states of the United States who put in briefs to the Supreme Court that said, yes, when your liberty is at stake, the, the Constitution requires us to have a lawyer. And that's what we need to do in terms of access to justice in civil matters. We need everyone thinking out of the box. We need people doing interesting, new, creative things to deliver justice to those who are most vulnerable in our society. So sometimes, as we talked about, those creative initiatives come because we have no choice, you know, the, the, uh, you know by necessity. And sometimes they come because we're thinking ahead of the flow. And they're both critically important. And what's happening now will serve us well as we continue to strive for the day when the ideal of equal justice is a reality in every single uh, place and with every single person in this country. That's what we're striving for. And all the things we're doing today help us to reach that ultimate end. Thank you to Judge Littman for his thoughtful remarks and leadership on the coronavirus pandemic. You can expect to hear more updates on what he and the New York COVID-19 Pro Bono Network is doing in a future blog post. Developments in the coronavirus are moving fast, but the legal community is adapting to move with it. Please watch for more COVID-19 focused episodes as we continue to shine light on the legal sector's response to this evolving crisis. We also hope that if you're not already doing so, you will join with those already taking action. More resources on how to help are available at www.probonoinst.org. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and be well.